podcast everything fantastic strange and science fictional i'm your host matt with my co-hosts i'm bert i'm katie i'm meredith and drunk (laughs) this week we're coming back uh, from our brief hiatus uh, to talk about a really awesome film the shape of water our intention was to have a double header feature of both the oscars uh, which this was probably the last good um the last good Oscar film that won Best Picture before Parasite. And then... Uh, Wait, I'm didn't, sorry. Didn't Moonlight win? Excuse me? Moonlight won Moonlight? after that? Oh, was that 2018? Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Anyway, Shape of Water, Doubleheader, Oscars plus Valentine's Day. And we're going to get maximum horny this podcast, just FYI. Um, I'm actually going to cry a lot. Uh, just, to give you a, just to give you a heads up, um, I'm probably going to be doing more crying and being horny because there's a lot of lines uh in this movie that are really incredibly important to me (laughs) um so just buckle up it's gonna be it's gonna be a feelings episode i mean like what if i told you it could be both (sighs) you can cry and have sex at the same time (laughs) (laughs) you're not crying while you're jerking off i mean is that is that... Personally, that's the only way I know. If I would I welcome, to, like, welcome to the projection hog. episode of <laughs> Second Star to the Left. I would. I crank hog and then I play daughter and Mitski in a row. I <laughs> lot just sitting there in my own jizz town. You know how I know you're not completely straight, Katie? Is that Mitski re- that Mitski reference, <laughs> maybe? Um, but no, yeah, this is revolutionary. I'm gonna save so much uh, money on my power bill from not using my Hitachi. I could just cry. You also save a lot of time by not separating the two things. Yeah. You, you save it's half the time and work. And then I can put multitasking on my resume and not be lying. <laughs> can you tell us why this says multitasking here? Well, <laughs> I ever could, since but... I saw Shape of Water, <laughs> I can use I can use a personal massager and do an inventory of my failings and virtues as an employee at the same time. Before we get into Shape of Water, uh I wanted to do a little listener question uh, and make it a little bit Valentine's Day themed. I know we're late, but what was your sort of favorite um, outside of the shape of water, which we'll be talking about today and maybe people's favorites. What's been your favorite love story and science fiction and fantasy? Oh, uh, Wrath of Khan. <laughs> Perkins Buck and Wrath of Khan. I love submarines. Hmm. Of all my... Of all the souls I have known, his was the most. You cracks. You must. Like, come on. Just think he could never, like, touch his lover before he said goodbye. That's hard. I want to say Howl's Moving Castle. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, good shit. Primo. Yeah. Primo. Primo. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. I think it's because it's just, like, a very strong woman who. Uh, maybe not everyone can see how she's great, uh, and a mostly incompetent man that she begrudgingly takes care of. And I'm like, it's every straight relationship. But Howell is very incompetent, Howell is incompetent in a very bisexual way, which makes it more tolerable. 
Like, I think that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, like the magic is just pretty much coded for gayness, right? Yeah, so like there's a difference. We, we can. <laughs> there's a difference between a man who cries because his mom didn't pay his rent, and then he loses a game of Call of Duty and punches a hole in the drywall, and a guy who comes home from drag night and like his wig got beer in it, and he <laughs> thinks, and he thinks that like, and he thinks that like Stacy Supreme that bitch is being mean to him for no reason and he like <laughs> and he like flounces on the couch in your lap and sobs like those are different vibes and those men can those men can both be into women and yeah, how how is the latter <laughs> yes literally crying because his hair dye did not turn out right i've been there yeah in that position <laughs> so. hmm i feel like this is definitely the wrong answer for me but it's the only one that keep I keep thinking of, which is Lady Hawk. Lady, <laughs> which Lady Hawk whips. Lady Hawk is a. We may guy. watch it for the show at some point, but it's just I I don't know. I have a connection with it for some oh, it's reason. So good. I think it was the first fantasy movie I ever saw. Please. It's a classic. It's really good. It's Plus, it's all in the title. She's a hawk. <laughs> it's, yeah, she's a hawk. And it features Matthew Broderick before he went all Caitlyn Jenner with his car on those people. <laughs> For me, it's probably your name. Like, that is still mm-hmm. one of the most like influential love stories on me, just for the way that it illustrates the nature of longingness and wanting to be with someone and uh, playing with that in a really neat way. So I still, that's probably one of my favorite love stories what still. What is your name? <laughs> We're going to do this every episode. We're going to mention a previous episode and see if Meredith listened to the episode. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck me. Look, got him. I got a lot got of, him. I have a lot of episodes of Nympho Wars to listen to. I'm in the middle of the, <laughs> I'm in the middle of the fisting special where, where Theta sees if she can get a whole hand inside of her butthole. That's basically how our episode went. Okay, um, that's a great segue to talking about the shape of water. <laughs> Get out of here! Get out of here, Matt. Shape of water is for people who yearn. It's for yes, it's just for... like fisting. If I told you about her, the princess without voice, what would I say? Clean that lab, you get out. This may very well be the most sensitive asset ever to be housed in this facility. You may think that thing looks human, stands on two legs, right? But we're created in the Lord's image. You don't think that's what the Lord looks like, do you? This creature is intelligent, capable of language, of understanding emotions. But hey, so listen, we're gonna take it this way, and we're gonna be we're gonna be beating around the bush all episode. And <laughs> I honestly have a lot of feelings that I want to get out about this movie, so I want to just let's cards on the table, 
right now. Can, cards I don't, I don't even know right where to like, begin with this because... Two, well, I know I s- where to begin. Two questions. Have you ever fisted? This is a, it's, a, it's an InfoWars crossover special. <laughs> Are you now or have you ever been a fister? And... Um, I just want to say real could quick. The, could the fish man get it? Uh, okay, or a fish woman? So, great two questions. I want to say, uh, Mom, please turn off the episode now. <laughs> um, I know you listen. Turn, uh, mom, hey, Mom, turn it back on. You listen. You're lucky to have your mom listen. Hey, Mom, my, my mom, hey, mom you were in your 20s and 30s at one point, too. It's, you're not a. Come on. <laughs> Which are the only permitted ages to ever have sex? Ma- what right, I'm saying go. is, what I'm saying is, ma- what I'm saying is, Bert's mom, you're a living human woman with needs, and you're not. Oh, <laughs> can we not? Can we just talk about the fish person sex instead, please? Sure. So, okay, one, no, two, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, how many of you all are familiar with the story of Ruth? You're not going to answer her question. That's so rude of you. <laughs> Are you going to quote from the Bible? Is that what's happening here, Matt? I am. I am. I am in the process of a Torah study. I am familiar with the story of Ruth. Yes. So it was one of the things that is in the background of the. It's in the theater. So, um, Uruguay, presume that you've all have seen The Shape of Water. It's an excellent film. It's. It was so moving actually to rewatch it because the first time I saw it, I didn't really connect with it much. But having watched it again, answer the questions. Answer the questions first. Not quite, and <laughs> sure. Like a fish woman, it doesn't have to be the fish man, but like a girl version of the fish man, which you could could have. Why does it fisting, matter? Right? Why does it matter? Because you're both heterosexual. Did you say fisting or fishing? So ha- <laughs> I'm going to abandon that one because I'm starting to feel gross. But okay. could a member of this fish species of a gender that you are attracted to get it? Probably. Okay. I'm I'm a sweet boy. What does what what exactly constitutes fist? Do you have to get the whole thing in there? Is that how it oh, works? You know the That's generally how a fist is. No 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 no. Do you know the Italian the Italian emoji that just came out? Yeah. What are we doing? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like <laughs> past the metatarsal counts as fisting. Oh well then yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> I knew that I I have known for a long time that Bert had a had a very sapphic soul for a straight man, um, and this really just like seals it. But Bert, f- yes. Bert, sexy yes. fi- sexy fish woman. Oh, why slash oh, N? Oh, a thousand percent. Ooh. That's like. <laughs> that's like I think that's. And also to be clear, I'm not. I think that's like one of the questions. sweetest. I think that's one of the sweetest things about the movie. Oh, okay, which we'll get into. Yeah. But going back to uh, the Bible. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I'm just trying to have like a reasonable discussion about Phil. <laughs> Why? Why would you want to? That's boring. So the story of okay. the story okay, no, but this fishes. Is... You know, no, the listeners out. in Bible study. Yeah. It does. So here's the thing. Uh, the The Shape of Water is a story about a woman who is mute. Um Falling in love with a sea god, sea monster man that she uh, finds in a secret military facility uh, where uh, they're experimenting on him, and she works as a, a janitor, I think, um, or cleaning lady. Yeah. Cleaning lady. So, one of the things that I loved about the films I like really paid attention to as I watched it 
she lives in the theater with a, a gay composer or artist. Artist, artist He's yeah. A commercial artist specifically. Um, uh, she lives above a theater with this gay artist, and the theater marquee says the 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 story of Ruth. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges judged that there was a famine in the land, and a man went from Bethlehem of Judah to sojourn in the fields of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons, etc., etc. Yes, but um, as someone who was raised sort of evangelical, that was one of the stories that stuck with me, and the story of Ruth is essentially, um, it was a real film back then, like the film's kind of, the Shape of Water set in like the 1950s, 1962. 60s. Thank you. Um, the story of Ruth is one of kindness, and that's like the basis for love, and I love that this film references that because this character, the, the main character played by Sally Hawkins, is such a kind person. Yeah. And that's what I love about this film is that it is a relentlessly anti-masculinist like film in the sense of like... It despises like the cishet white dude, like Michael Shannon. It is an exceedingly kind queer film Inter- to me, and I love that it about this. It despises thuggish masculinity um, because yeah, if sure. you remember Dimitri, Dimitri, we have no reason not to believe that he is heterosexual, um, but he also recognizes beauty in difference in the world. Um, I will say I agree with you. And I actually looked up, there is a book version of The Shape of Water that is not a novelization of the movie. It is Guillermo del Toro handed the script to a writer, and um, they were actually uh, intended to be paired art objects. Um, they are a pair of things. It's not that there's the movie and there's also, you know, if you're going to be on a plane, you can get the novel novel version right. of the airport. And there is a quote from the novelization. R.A. Salvatore's I, The Shape of Water. Right. There's, I mean, R.A. Salvatore, he does good work. I, he's a real workhorse. I, but there's a quote from the novel version that, oh, especially as a person with my body configuration and my sexual history and the way that the movie hit me. I read this and after the movie already made me cry, like this quote from the book made me start crying. And I think it will characterize a lot of our feelings about the movie, and I'm just going to read it right now. It's a quote from the novel, novel, The Shape of Water. But I can't be alone, can I? Of course not. I'm not that special. Anomalies like me exist all around the world. So when does an anomaly quit being an anomaly and start being just the way things happen to be? What if you and I are not the last of our kinds, but one of the first? The first of better creatures in a better world. We can hope, can't we, that we're not of the past, but the future. There it is. Love aside, there's the movie's thesis. It's about really fish. Good. Yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, has everybody seen this already? Yeah. Before we, I just watched it with my roommates. For the first time, though. No, I, I for the second time. Okay. Yeah, I had never. I saw it when it came out. I, I had never seen it. Um. I think because, like, it got the reputation as the movie where the lady fucks a fish man. Grind, um, grinding Nemo. Yes, <laughs> that's what everybody called it. And the thing is, is, like, I am I was still sure it was fine, um, but I didn't know anything about it other than it's that movie with the fish fucking. Now, I went to watch it, and it was good. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. It was very touching. And then Michael Shannon showed up. 
And I was like, how the fuck did I not know Michael Shannon was in this damn movie? Who's Michael Shannon? The bad, the he's, bad guy. Um, yeah, he's the antagonist. The yeah. um, one of my favorite actors, investigator. Yeah, he's fucking incredible. The guy with the the chopped off fingers. He's the bitten off fingers. He's oh, yeah, fucking yeah. incredible in this. He, he is really good. Somehow didn't get nominated for supporting actor, but I mean, I kind of get it. They nominated um the the guy who's taking care of her, but. They should have nominated Michael Shannon. He's he's fucking doing crazy work in this movie. Um and I just love him anyway. But if I had known he was in this, I would have watched it like instantly. I would have just been like, drop everything, watch that, because it's got Michael Shannon being evil in it. Yeah, and it was very touching. The ending in particular just was a big cry fest. Mm-hmm. Um whew, I don't even want to think about it. And uh <laughs> Um but yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't like seeing men cry. So if you could just avoid it, um, <laughs> no, no, would... I'm. Um, I'm a tough. I'm a tough man. <laughs> I just. I really appreciate that this movie was like. All right, we all know everyone wants to fuck Abe Sapien. What if we made him way more creepy and less human? Would you still want to fuck him? And everyone was resoundingly like, "Yep, still <laughs> yeah. would." He really looks exactly like Abe Sapien. So it's, I mean, like there was a reason for that. It's because everyone was horny for yeah. Abe Sapien. I, I, <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. This is Guillermo del Toro's fanfic. I wa- uh, that he published on fanfiction.net. Abe Sapien gets laid. I watched it when it came out, and I don't know. It it was good. Like I remember thinking, "Oh, this movie's very good." Just like all of Guillermo del Toro's movies, including Hellboy Two. Um, shut up, Bert. I love I was, Hellboy 2. I was 2. Just talking about Hellboy 1. Hellboy, this, Hellboy this 1 a, and 2. This, this cast stands Hellboy. Yeah. You would know no, see, yeah, I was going to say, just not to interrupt, but I was going to say when you said, you know, this is him taking the fanfic of Hellboy and da-da-da-da, this, this movie's much better than Hellboy. I'm sorry. No, totally, totally. But okay. I watched it and, it, and it didn't stick. Um, And I was, and to be clear, full transparency, I was doing the girl thing in, 20, in 2017. But, I don't know, maybe it's just my life circumstances. I had kind of a hard day yesterday. I skipped my medication, and my anxieties were expressing themselves themselves specifically by telling me that, I was, that I'm, like, ugly and wretched and unlovable because of, like, the things that make me freakish or have alienated me. And so I'm sitting here less than 24 hours from this, like, near breakdown, and the main character of the movie, um, Eliza, who is a mute woman, who is described as not much of a looker and i would say that she does not conform entirely to she does not conform well to like hollywood standards of beauty i think she's stunning um yeah she's reached point in the movie and i'm sure we'll go over the plot where she wants to rescue the fish man who she is in love with and her artist friend um is telling her you know it does it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's not human it's not human it's just a fish and her eyes are glassy, and tears are running down her face, and her hands are shaking. And there is a lot to be said about the fact that every American should be taught ASL. Um, and her hands are shaking, and um, he, the artist is repeating back everything that she signs to him. And she says, when he looks at me, the way he looks at me, he does not know what I lack or how I am incomplete. He sees me for what I am, as I am. He's happy to see me every time, 
every day, and I'm sitting on the couch in my apartment living room with my roommates, watching this, and just it, after the little breakdown I was having yesterday, and I don't know, just kind of the fact of being trans in the world, like, it just punched me in the stomach, and I started crying just, like, sobbing in a way that was, like, really healthy and good. Like, I felt this, this weird, this weird, is he, is he, um, from Spain or is he Mexican? I always forget, is Guillermo del Toro. This little, this little manlet, this little monster fucker manlet somehow just reached through the TV. This little cisgender heterosexual monster fucking manlet reached through the TV and grabbed my heart that is so different from his and saw me and just, like, plucked at all of my most, like, kind of vulnerable, secret, and lonely places. Um, and this movie is... After the second viewing, this movie is going to sit with me for a long time. Did she sign what you said? Yes. Yes. Okay. And he's repeating it back. Um, Giles repeats it back. Giles repeats also, it back. Also, just for what it's worth, uh, Guillermo del Toro... Uh, consulted with his wife and daughter to figure out how to make the fishman more fuckable and they both were like the butt <laughs> the butt <laughs> also also the core his core is very tight yeah. in a way that i it's doug jones it's just doug jones yeah yeah, yeah. doing doug jones <laughs> um but doug jones has no ass so that makes sense that they'd like bulk that up and mm-hmm. make yeah. it more impressive <laughs> and it, i but mean if he's... you see doug jones in discovery no. the man has no ass whatsoever yeah he's got more friends um I I was suspected of having that until they realized I'm too short. Um, to well, I mean, he's tall too. There you he's, go. He's seven feet tall, which is the man version of having a giant rack. Um, <laughs> they are ba- they are basically equivalent characteristics. Like it won't it won't necessarily get you across the finish line, but it'll get you real far. Meredith. Um... You mentioned Sally Hawkins' performance. Uh, Something that a little little technique that I love about the film that Del Toro did um, is in when he subtitles her ASL. Yes, they subtitle the, the ASL. It, okay. Well, I, the, the fact that it goes with her hands yes. and not like the bottom of the screen, it feels like it just embodies her words more. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I love that little touch that like gives the character more agency as opposed yes. to. Just like giving the the audience this, like, well, that's what she said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Big break. I talked to Meredith about this before the show. the 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 version of this movie I watched has literally no subtitles at all. For all the Russian scenes, it's just it's just Russian, and I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And anytime she signs, there's nothing other than whatever anybody explains, and I kind of like it that way, but. I, well, granted, I have no idea what all the Russian well, was about. <laughs> I get the impression that in the theatrical release, there were not subtitles for her signing. Um, because so frequently when she says something, a... They repeat it. A character, a, a vocal character will repeat what she said. Right, um, okay. I will say, I was floored, because I rented the YouTube version, because New York internet was going to take too long to download, uh... The legitimate copy that I got from somewhere else, um, <laughs> but I rented it. Fuck, fuck off! I was gonna, I was gonna do a piracy, but then I rented it. Fuck off! Get, don't be sure. a cop. Um, but when I got the YouTube version and I turned on the subtitles, the first time she moved, because I, 
I would I would not say I'm incredibly well versed in um the deaf community or deaf struggles, but I I I have brushed up against them, and I care about them very dearly, and I have a bunch of things to do before I get around to this. But learning ASL is one of the things I want to do. Um, and I and it's one of those things where the more you think about it, it's frankly absurd that everyone's not taught ASL because there are times where literally everyone, not just deaf people, could use it. You know, you're working on a loud factory mm-hmm. floor, you're trying to be quiet in the middle of the night while you, like, flirt with someone and you don't want to wake up your roommates. Countless, you use your brain. There's countless times where the ability to communicate with your body quietly um, or without the need to hear would be incredibly useful. It is a crime that we are not all taught American Sign Language as part of our pre preschool, kindergarten, elementary school education, the first moment that, like, her ASL is subtitled was, like, revolutionary. What's going on, Katie? You seem upset. <laughs> I'm not upset. I just went and I did a quick, like, IMTB lookup of Doug Jones, and I just realized he he got his start, but he was Mac tonight. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I take, I'm sorry. I take back. I'm gonna take my shit. Explain this for the layman. Please. I take back everything I said. <laughs> Who's Mac tonight? Oh my god, you don't remember Mac you tonight? You don't remember Mac tonight? I don't know what you guys are Have you about. ever seen The Moon Man at the Piano? Oh god, are you serious? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Doug Jones' first acting job was Mac tonight. But you know what? Oh, wait, isn't that the Nazi dude? The, the... No, he was the McDonald's Moon Man. I know, yeah. but I'm thinking of. I think they Matt's used. Headroom? No, I think they used Mac tonight in like <clears throat> racist memes, like however many years ago. Everything's been used in a racist meme. Well, sure. But also, you know what? We've uncovered this dark secret about him. He used to be the awful, the awful Burger Man with a face that was the moon. But here, <laughs> that's what I mean. Here's what we can't take from him. He's still seven feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually technically six foot four. Are you that's kidding me? Not, He's that's, only that's six foot four. Not... He's yeah, not seven he's feet tall. If he was seven feet tall, they couldn't even shoot shots right. He can be, he, he can bestride the Rocky Mountains, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, Meredith, you know, that quote that she read also makes me think of Sally Hawkins, uh. her character, and, like, the ending of the film as they end up together. It's... Uh. I just thought about this now, that, like, in water, she doesn't lack voice. Right voice isn't relevant to communicating in that medium in the same, like, and that is um, just kind of beautiful, like, that she finds together they are whole. Yeah. I have a very important question about the end of the movie for everybody. Sure. So, it's been raised by people, and I guess you could make the case, if you watch the movie, that... um, she was secretly a fish person. She was found um, to in begin a ri- She was found in a river as a baby, and she had gills. Well, she had scars on her. In on, the on her pattern of gills, where gills. Yes, would go. I understand it's in the pattern. Are we listen? It's not explicitly stated in the movie. I understand the end of the movie. He gives her gills. I understand that. Do you subscribe to the fact that she was always secretly a fish person? I like Does that they matter? keep it up. Yeah, like they don't definitively say what that was about, and I prefer it that way. I think myself. it. Yeah, yes. I think it's a fairy tale. Um, like yeah, I think it it's is, yeah, yeah. 
Like, who de- who decided that Cinderella was destined to be the princess? I don't know. Well, right. I, the main reason I bring it up is because I think, like, making it... I think if it was explicitly a plot twist that she was a fish person all along, that robs the film of a lot of magic. Like... Yeah, I don't... And that's the thing. I remember thinking while I was watching The Shape of Water, um, I was just thinking about my general disdain for plot. Um, right. And, I, and it was like a thing where I guess my writer brain turned on when What's-His-Face, the, the fascist, got to the apartment and saw the calendar that was like, we're going to take him to the canals today. And I was thinking like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, they they they, they, they set this up and then it paid off. And I was thinking in terms of setup and payoff, and then I was thinking, actually, no. This doesn't matter because Uh-oh. the movies. Deus ex machina. Because, the yeah. calendar says. <laughs> yeah, because the movies, acting, cinematography, themes, and soundtrack were so engaging that, like, I remember at one point one of my at one point one of my roommates when she like uses a towel and her room fills up with water is like what that's not how water works. And I, a person who I would say is incredibly, resonates with art very easily, was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Shut up. Like, very clearly, I was like, okay, but, like, this is so visually compelling and so thematically compelling that, like, yeah, we're going along with it. Um, okay, for one thing, they have enough towels in this and movie so to the, put them right under the door. The, what the fuck, movie? The thing about... the thing about Cinema Sins, can there be shapes for water? It's a fluid. <laughs> it's a container. No, I was looking up funny tweets about the shape of water, and one of them was you're in the theater and the movie stops, and Neil deGrasse Tyson's voice comes in the theater. And goes, <laughs> <laughs> That's a horror film. Jokes on you, water can only take the shape of the container that it's in. Um, but no, um, I... if the water was leaking down into the movie theater, the movie projection would stop working. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the the movie, the story is operating in an elevated fairy tale tone to yes. the point that I think, for example, if you watch Sleeping Beauty and the first question you ask is, "Well, who put Maleficent in charge? Who voted for this bitch?" Like you are maybe not. <laughs> Engaging. I I think you're making that up, but that sounds exactly like how the however many problems with sleeping baby videos starts. Malefilus can't do that to a baby. That's illegal. (laughs) Like okay. (laughs) Where are the cops to stop Malefilum? Are you telling Uh, me fairies don't have fairy police? What are they Muslim? Like. Wow, this, is, this conversation is. I want to be. I want to. Like I'm suddenly like tuning in, and I'm like, "What the fuck is happening?" I want to be. I want to be clear that I am specifically parodying a. I assume that people. Okay, I agree with most of the poets in my life that plot is fat. To let you know, I agree with most of the poets in my life that plot is fascist, and so I assume anyone who gets incredibly hung up on like plot gaps, especially with good art or like plot holes is, like, secretly has the brain of a fascist. So that's where I... I like Katie's idea that people are randomly tuning into the pod, like they go to 1500 AM and get the pod. That's my favorite thing. I mean, I'm just... I'm tuning in and out just because I am AD. (laughs) Relatable. (laughs) So I was like, something about Muslim cops, like, what? Uh, Well, maybe to get us back on track, um, I usually don't, like, I find sometimes Del Toro's set design a little bit overwhelming. Um, and what I love about this film is that it, everything feels purposeful and just like flows together. I love his use of lighting. Oh man, I love Matt. the motif of like the the theater 
as like this like the, the storytelling as a, a, a subtext to how like um she com- like Sally Hawkins character communicates to other people um and with uh the gay artists like it's I love this film like everything about it just like works so well for me all right biggest argument that's gonna happen for this movie I right will here. harm you <laughs> okay it's not the lighting I don't think it's the color grading for some reason in every other scene in this movie everybody looks like they have like dorito dust on their face they have this yellow tint and it's Clean on your their TV. face don't it's are, not my tv all... this was a listen no, this was the, a the color grading prima. is a little bit annoying it's I, over I, I, I the top that. are all it's of your really ridiculous. are all of your roommates men are all of your roommates men clean your tv my TV is super clean. I didn't you see wanna, any Dorito you... dust. What are you talking about Dorito dust? That's because you watched it on YouTube. <laughs> First of all. What? Listen. I didn't see any Dorito dust either. There's, there was, there was I, watched, uh, I watched a 1080p render of this movie in perfect condition, and, there, and I looked it up. There's color grading in this movie to put a quote-unquote yellow amber light on everybody's face, except it looks like it... It looks ridiculous. Every time anybody's in a house and they're not a fish, they have Sorry, yellow can on Can you them. pitch your voice like half a decibel higher and maybe pinch your nose <laughs> when you talk? This is not a plot <laughs> issue. This is a cinema issue. How dare you? No, I know. That's why. I'm just it's saying. Like half a decibel I've been, higher. I've Listen, been reading a lot of evolutionary psychology stupid. textbooks. And I don't know if you heard, Jesus but Christ. the reason that me and Katie love shopping so much is that our <laughs> wow. is that our eyeballs evolved to discern gradations of color so we could pick berries to bring home for men who were bringing home like meat and stuff so the fact that we didn't mm-hmm. see these colors but you means you weren't paying attention but you right. men with shitty like meat getting eyeballs saw them means that it's not a real problem because it's like colors that your stupid man brains imagine right you're not supposed to look at the screen you're just supposed to listen to what's you're happening supposed to close I get your it. eyes and plug your ears and absorb the art through osmosis <laughs> it's just supposed to somehow enter your senses it's by vibration <laughs> listen uh, how much fetish are you? I, Bert, I, Bert, did not hate the movie, okay? <laughs> I loved the movie, but the color grading was bad, and we need to stop doing this in movies. That's all I'm saying. Guillermo del Toro doesn't have to do color grading in his fucking movies. Okay, but this is, this is not, it's not, okay, I will defend, actually, the color grading here. It's not purposeless. Like, this is meant to... I'm not saying that, like, it's, it's purposeless. That, like, 1960s ugly. feel... <laughs> Well, also, like, no, in, no, like, and like a like the the whole like adult like um um fairy tale feel too, right, Matt? Say more, Katie. Well, like it has like that that feel to it that like it's quite literally like ethereal and has like like the the light that comes down is obviously like diffuse through almost like a watery lens. Yeah, the so, light is good. Like, the color grading is bad. That's what I'm saying. The light is good. I I don't want to. I don't want people to look like they have dust on their face when they eat pie. I would it's, say clean your fucking TV. It's not my TV, okay? I would say put no, I would I take it still putting... and post it to the pod Twitter for everybody to get along with this, okay? <laughs> Hi there. Uh, this is uh, Bert checking in on February 27th uh, at 1.45 a.m. when I'm editing this episode. Just to uh, say that... Um, I went back and tried to find a still on my uh, computer, and um, 
I would like to apologize uh, to everyone um, because it looks fine and I'm pretty sure my Plex did this and it, I am therefore not to blame. Um, I am uh, blameless and perfect as usual, um, but this will be rectified in the future. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. I would say putting um, putting the bit aside, which I'm loath, <laughs> which I'm loath to do. Putting the bit aside, I didn't really notice it with this movie, but I am I I am generally irritated by color grading as a concept, and just in principle, I think that everything should be thought should be thought. I think everything should be shot on you know analog film on. Thank you. Yeah. So you agree but, with but me, the, and I am correct. I, agree, I appreciate this. But Thank this, you. no, no. <laughs> the, the well, traditional color grading is like the the teals and oranges, right? Like that's like the, the uh, super one that it everyone, no. most everyone. I mean, that's the most the, common. One. That's the Transformers style thing, right? But that's big right? Hollywood has, color grade. Like that's that's yes. the the archetype. But like color grading was used in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou and stuff, and I still don't really like like there's movies that are gray or green the matrix is all green yeah 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 and i think that to me is part of like del toro's like trying to bring us into this like 1960s realm of like did everybody the cars in the 1960s the have dust on them yeah, i yes. don't understand that's the thing they're showing would, 1960s it's... movies in the movie and they don't look like that that's yeah a perfect example of why it it's it's it doesn't work for me but i mean it's fine the movie's glorious outside of that. This is a this is a nitpick. So, Why can't Bert nitpick? So on the Bert show? hates it. And he <laughs> and he hates like, like, the symbolic I think queerness Katie has a good point. Um, I think Katie has a really good point about like the diffuseness. Like think of like like it has almost this like sea green Oh that's like, fine feel to it. Like like of the color grading and that's it's almost like the we green. Are the green this film. makes sense, um, especially since it's brought up in the movie multiple times. Like the the teal of the car, they make very specific references to that. The green candy, yeah. but the the yellow makes no sense. Sorry, I'm not sure if you know how to make the color green, Bert. But you take ocean blue, uh huh, and you put some yellow there, then you get some fucking green. <laughs> yeah, but it it looks like it looks like Dorito dust. Everybody, I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, so what was the most uh, impactful moment of the film for each of you? I'm curious. I mean, the moment where she's describing why she has to save him, where I cried in front of my roommates who I've only known for a month. Yeah, I think that's the one. I'm glad glad I'm helping you develop your uh, relationships. Yeah. (laughs) You specifically. I literally, I held hands with the roommate who is going to give me my, like, tattoo, who's going to do a tattoo for me tomorrow. Um, it was really cool. I mean, like, I don't want to be eye-rollingly on brand. And so I'm not going to say any of the sex stuff. Say the sex stuff. So so when she was masturbating, then? No, not that. Um... <laughs> I mean, if you well, that's that's something like we want to talk about like ability in the film. Like, I want to hear. To, I want to hear what Katie a... has to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, so, joke answer is when she's describing how fish boners work. <laughs> Real answers is uh, was actually the the voiceover at the end describing like oh. that poem. Because like I literally fucking cried like in this moment of like shit of describing 
you know, seeing this scene, seeing it shot so well, um, and also like the describing uh, of of love as being like essentially like a non solid state of of matter, and uh, I just really liked it. Okay, Katie stole my answer, but so love is. <laughs> would you say love is some kind of fifth element? Oh my god! <laughs> Taking it back floor. to the second episode. No, it's like <laughs> plasma. So it's like you know, but in between, you know, liquid yeah. and solid. State. So the sixth. Okay, the so, sixth element. Um, so, but, so, aside from Katie's answer, my second choice would be, um, the big musical scene, because holy shit, that's, like, directorial, like, see, okay, I know I complained about the color grading, but that's some fucking amazing color work and lighting work, like, that whole scene is, like, just fucking insane, and it's so emotional and crazy, and the way it goes, like, from the musical back into the table where like, he's not even looking at her. He's looking at like eggs. I I almost died. Like that scene was so pertinent considering like all of the fantasies and crushes I had as a kid. Right. Like that spoke to me like as like a youth and like trying to see like how I saw myself, like I'd put on like something on my discman and think about who I had a crush on and like how I would impress them. And like, sometimes it involved dancing. And so like, yeah, that scene was like, at first it was like what the fuck am i watching and then like when i realized like just sort of like how like specific it was to i guess a lot of like female gazy stuff yeah Uh, oh shit well no it's it's that quote it's that quote i I don't remember the writer but it's that feminist writer it evokes that one quote that is uh men watch women women watch ourselves Women. Well, I was gonna say if that's unique to female gazy stuff, then I am. Well, apparently we already know that a, you're a lesbian. Yeah, we already know that you're apparently a quote-unquote female. So listen, the, uh, listen to this Ferengi. quote. Listen to this quote. Uh, in reference to that scene, which is amazing, and also the moment when the spotlight hits her and it's transitioning yes. to black and white, it read like a. St- it felt like a stage play again. It, it was in this elevated mode, but a woman must continually watch herself she is almost continually accompanied by her own image of herself. Whilst she is walking across a room or whilst she is weeping at the death of her father, she can scarcely avoid envisaging herself walking or weeping. From earliest childhood, she has been taught and persuaded to survey herself continually, and so she comes to consider the surveyor and the surveyed within her as the two constituent yet always distinct elements of her identity as a woman. She has to survey everything she is and everything she does, because how she appears to men is of crucial importance for what is normally thought of as the success of her life. Her own sense of being in herself is supplanted by a sense of being appreciated as herself by another. One might simplify this by saying, men act and women appear. Men look at women. Women watch themselves being looked at. This determines not only most relations between men and women, but also the relation of women to themselves. The surveyor of woman in herself is male, the surveyed is female. Thus, she turns herself into an object, and most particularly, an object of vision, a sight, John Berger, ways of seeing. And I want to ask all three of you... Say what? I thought it was Berger. I was like, this sounds like And I want to ask all three of you, there is that specific scene, which I would say is another scene that struck me, where What's-His-Nuts, the fascist security guy... Michael Shannon. Yes, is, is specifically attracted to silent women and yes you yeah. see that in when he fucks his wife and you see that yes. when he comes on to uh eliza and 
I wanted to know what you all think of that with relation to other ways you have seen femaleness done in movies, etc., etc. Well, I would like to say with that quote, um, folks at home, this is officially the episode where Bert found out he's a woman, so that's great. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have, I, well, I'd, yeah, let's, go we can go to we can go to Callan Lord. We can. It's, <laughs> it's a free clinic we can get you there's there's medication for this okay moving on from the bit uh uh, so i took i took the the sex scene as him very specifically discovering his feelings for um the main character like he very specifically when when they were in the bathroom he was like playing around with in his head like oh i kind of think that ladies interesting and then when he went home he's like frustrated with that and obsessed with work so it turned into oh now i don't want to have sex with my wife i want to have sex with that person so i'm gonna pretend she's that person but the movie doesn't explicitly state that so it's kind of hard to tell and plus he's a creep Uh um well i i see him as he fetishizes submission yes yes like that is his that is that is what he loves. Yes, but there. he found and something more submissive than his wife. Which to be clear, well, he finds the like, silence like submissive. Like, yeah, well, because Eliza is the ultimate subject. Men who say they're into kink because it's almost always entirely I'm dumb looking for a sub. I'm like, oh wow, I'm so shocked. Yeah, what a way to like really shake up the status quo, my guy. Good 100%. job. hundred percent. I'm sure you did a lot of introspection on that. Yeah. My kink is I'm a man. Yeah, basically. My kink. <laughs> well, because like well. Look at the Michael Shannon's character. Like he is toxic. He is he like Quite he literally. Ha- like he's the, probably got skepticism. Yeah. <laughs> well, like like um no like the I was gonna say like after the two scenes that you talked about uh Bert and Katie like when he like cracks open his finger and sees like the pus like oozing out of it. I was thinking of um you know the shape of water and like liquid being this like theme within the um the the movie and how fluid for these characters is so important and like life-giving and for him it's like his his water of life to use a dune reference is poisoned and rotting and bad and like he is just full of vileness he has no kindness to him he has no kindness whatsoever. He gets water. When does he get water in the movie? He gets water when he has to like down the pills or whatever. He uh, really yeah. quick. Can, I have a question. I have a question mm-hmm. for Matt and Bert. I have a fucking question. Mm-hmm. I so listen. There was a time in my life when mm-hmm. I was regularly peeing standing up, sure. but I have never been a man. Right in retro, like I have, I have, I have dwelt on my past. Just speaking of this character in water, I have dwelt on my past and understood that I was never a man. I was watching the scene where he came into the bathroom, and the fact that this motherfucker washed his hands first, and then peed at a urinal with his hands on his hips, I astrally projected. That seems like... (laughs) (laughs) That seems like... That seems like pervert shit to me. Like, not to yuck anybody's yum with sadomasochism or fucking, like, water play or whatever. He washed his hands first, which, you know, we're working in. He quotes the Bible all the time, so hand washing is clearly significant. They had just been talking about piss and, like, how does the piss get everywhere and his water is bad. 
So the fact that he washes his, he does this water bathing ritual wrong and stands there with his hands on his hips and pisses. Is this pervert shit? You two men, or am no? Well, what happens to his hands like thirty seconds later? Huh? <laughs> they get you annihilated see? by the good. He fish gets husband. punished yeah. for not washing his hands. See, <laughs> I wouldn't go that literal with it. I see it as, um, he. Oh shit! I lost. I would go that literal. Yeah. I mean, it's it's metaphorical, but I would say it's it's a metaphorical would, thing running through the movie. Would his you usage say of that? His hands and, would you say that a non-zero number of times since you can remember, you have peed with your hands on your hips? Uh, I cannot okay. recall. Let's be more specific. <laughs> like, I'm pleading the fifth. But, hold on. Let's no, be more no, no, specific. But like, Are you asking if is... we've peed without holding the unit? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. <gasps> But this is this is the thing. Someone okay, of course, so, someone has to clean that bathroom. There's nothing to clean because we're men in control of our unit. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But here's the here's the thing. Well, look, I, my I, fucking I, bathroom I, disagrees. You don't have to have the light. I know what, what my bathroom looks like right now, and I know I ain't getting stuff anywhere because I'm very careful. Okay? How often do you clean your toilet bowl? As and often base, as it needs to be, which isn't base, that often because I'm in That's control That's a bad answer, first use. off. Oh, my fucking God. But, no, but you here's, all here's think the thing. that. Until I clean my apartment every week. And I have my partner who comes over and says three times a week, I don't lift the fucking toilet seat when I piss. What is, I don't get so, so, piss on there. So it's just like, y'all I don't y'all understand what shit, you guys... Full of shit. Hold on. Okay. I don't understand no, what I, we're going to get We'll go back to Meredith's question. I think Meredith, like, if to look to look back at the film as a whole, to like look at these like defining behaviors that distinguish characters apart. Think about Eliza and the the fish monster. Um, they're connected with their bodies and that sort of like natural eroticism. And I think from if we to to take this symbolically, it's an example of how Michael Shannon's character, I forget his name is disconnected with it. He doesn't he washes his body before he touches his cock because he like has a disconnect with it. Like he it's it's a filthy thing for him maybe. I don't know. If that's just me like he sort says, of I don't think that, I like, think it ties into just what I was saying. He says which the world he's is in sinful. total control of his <laughs> penis and his flow. So he doesn't need to hold it. <laughs> I am I am blown away. Um <laughs> But I, I think that's true. Right, like, because he says repeatedly, "the world is sinful," and I would say about a third yes. of his lines in the movie um, are in some kind of reference to like the Bible or God or specifically and, well, Samson and Delilah. And against yes, and against against that, we see you know the characters of Eliza and fuck, I need to know his name. The artist Giles is the artist. Giles. Giles. So Strickland, yeah. Let's juxtapose Strickland against the characters of Eliza and Giles. I think it, Strickland is this parable about how death-laden, like white, straight masculinity is. Thin- like thin- he thin- is a man that, right? yeah, yeah, like like he he is violent. He destroys everything around himself, in, everything around him, including himself, and. It is just pure destructive nature. He, can't, he has a body count at the end of the film. He can't even enjoy and, candy without annihilating it inside inside of himself. He he does nothing about his lifestyle is life giving. Whereas, like in contrast, you have Giles, the monster, queer or people with disabilities, um, or this like sort of grotesque monster 
all those things have life and eroticism and passion and connection to each other. They are what nourishes. And I, I, to me, this is like just as much as a story about love. I think it's a parable about like, you can look at that parable from like two angles of like the kindness that Eliza shares to the monster, but then also uh, a parable of suffering and torment and punishment that comes along with that straight white male masculinity. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of just classic good and evil. Like as an evil, it's it's a more fundamental understanding of evil than than just straight he's a bad guy. But the the idea is like everything he needs to do su- to succeed revolves around um, killing or torturing or uh, capturing something else um, that is weaker than him. Dominance, yeah, yeah. It's all that's literally just his characters is dominance and he is you know in control of his flow. He is yeah. the master of his Listen, alright, we need to go back over this, okay? Look, if you stand over the toilet bowl, okay, <laughs> and the thing's up, the lid is up, it's going straight down as long as there's nothing going on. Where is the problem coming in, alright? I just want to know. What is the issue? So I just want to know, you saw the scene where Strickland came in the bathroom. Oh, no, 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 no. Now, at a urinal... You you need to be holding why, something. Why? 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 I don't understand. Because because okay because you're pissing against a wall that's right in front of you, so it's gonna like splash if you pee like I in never the wrong direction. Did that if I could help it, it's inherently gross. What? Use your. What do I want? What do I want? Piss all over my hands? I'm pissing against the wall. Yeah, the, I don't understand. No, the no, no. Is an Hold inherently on. grotesque concept. Okay. first of all. <laughs> I agree with you. I hate urinals, and I try to avoid using them at all costs. But what I'm saying is... <laughs> so the, you go in the stall in the men's room. Oh, absolutely, pants, and I pants, piss. Yes. Pants, underwear, at your ankles. No. Arms straight up. No, 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 so hold on. This out. Hold Holy on. Shit. No, 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 no. You have to pull down your pants. That's why you still wash your hands. You have to do... <laughs> yeah. you have to, okay, you don't, like... You don't do what he does in the movie, which is he has, he has like, his his hands at his hips with like like he's like fucking i don't know superman and he's just like pissing straight at nobody does if you do that you are absolutely some kind of weird psychotic psychotic person yes no i'm just saying like as a guy you don't need to have your hand on you don't need to direct it unless you're at a urinal because then you're gonna piss straight in front of you and it's gonna bounce off that's all i'm saying this is an important discussion for the pod (laughs) I, I guess I was just trying to figure out what that scene was saying about him. Uh, uh, yeah, to me, it is uh, he has an inverse relationship to his body, right? Like not how it should be, um, and that is an example of how perverted—not like in a sexual sense necessarily, but like how perverted his relationship is with other things, other people as a concept, other people. Yeah, and yeah. I think, and I think for all his talk of God, well, for all his talk of God, he meets God. Mm-hmm. And God just immediately casts him out like trash. Um, yeah, the man, the man in the movie who talks the most about God and heaven and sin is the only one, I mean, besides that cat, that um, the closest thing you get to a God in the movie uh, meets and just kind of immediately destroys the moment, uh, the moment he has a chance to. Which, you know, has something to say, I guess, about and and like i said i love the subtext of this film i think it is so so rich 
and so much that you can like pull from it. Like for me, like that story of Ruth and the kindness of love was something that I'm going to take away from it. Um, not just like the sheer eroticism of the film, which is obviously there, but like this notion of kindness as a thing of goodness, like Giles is so kind. Like that is like one of his defining who he is. No, I, yeah. Hey, he got his hair back. He's well on his way. Yeah. It's not fair. You know what I, you know what I, <laughs> you know what I, you know what I took away from this movie and I might cry again. Uh-oh. Is that I'm not broken and I'm not a freak and that if I do find someone who loves me, it won't be out of pity and that I will deserve to be loved as much as any other of God's creatures deserve it. Same. (laughs) (laughs) That's a beautiful uh, message to end it on. So, um, Bert and Meredith, where can we find y'all on social media? Uh, Mayor underscore squared at gmail.com. And I want, I want to say it. Um, I want to say it this time because she gets to say it every other time. And to be fair, she did come up with the name. Um, but I want to say Katie's Twitter name this time. And you can find Katie at AnimeWeedFart69. Her current username <laughs> is Occam's Fraser, which is very good. <laughs> it's classic. Um, I, Bert, am at Coriolis Music and at Refreshing Time, begging for followers. Make it happen. You can find me on Twitter at a very big bear. Follow the cast at secondstarcast. Email us at secondstarcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful week. Bye.